Come on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you this morning for the opportunity to come and hear the word of God. And Lord, I pray for every person that's in this room and under the sound of my voice. And Father, I pray that their lives will be changed for the better as they hear the word today. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh on your word and on our hearts. Let us not hear the same old, same old. Let us hear something that you're saying to us so so our lives can not only be better, but be changed. And so as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing of God to minister to your people. And Lord, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor for signs, miracles, and wonders following in in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Our nation declares the month of October to be clergy month. And every year, Word of Truth Family Church likes to take the time to honor our founding pastors, which, of course, is Pastor Sarah and myself. And because many believers have not been taught what the biblical role and responsibilities are of what a pastor is, I decided to teach along those lines for the month of October. Sad to say, I believe the world we live in make light of how important it is to have a pastor in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. But see, here's the thing. The world honors people who will never make a spiritual deposit in their life. We go and spend the money to go to the Cowboys game. Amen. We spend money to go to the Dallas Mavericks game. Amen. We spend money on HBO to buy the Mayweather fights. Come on now. We spend hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars for season tickets to to screen for people we'll never meet. In some cases. And so today I want to briefly share with you the role of a pastor so that you will understand the reason why you should honor them. Amen. Sometimes it's difficult to honor and respect somebody until you first understand the value that they have in your life. And so my goal today is to shed some light on the role and the responsibilities that I have as senior pastor of Word of Truth Family Church. So if you're taking notes, I have a very simple topic, and it is, what's my job? What's my job? And I want you to find Ephesians chapter 4 and Exodus chapter 18. And forgive me, for some reason, 
my email would not work this morning, so I couldn't send the notes over to our video department. So you'll just have to take notes well or just get the CD afterwards. Find Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10, and Exodus chapter 18, verses 13. While you're finding those, there was a story about a mother who called her son on Sunday morning to make sure he got out of the bed to go to church. And when she called, the son replied, I'm not going. She said, yes, you're going. Get out of the bed, his mother demanded. The son replied, but those people don't like me. He said, give me one reason why I need to go. She said, well, I'll give you three good reasons. She said, number one, I'm your mother, and what I say goes. She said, number two, you're 40 years old, and you should know better. Number three, you're the pastor. They are expecting to see you there. Pastoring is one of those callings that look easy, but harder than what most people think. And that's why we have so many churches in America right now, because uh, uh, pastoring is like being owning a construction company. Uh, In Texas, you don't have to go to school or get a license to become a construction uh, worker or to own a construction company. All you have to do is just go down and, and file for a DBA. And then just print up you some business cards and voila, you are a builder. Well, because it's so easy to, quote unquote, become a pastor in the natural, most people think it's easy. And that's why we have so many churches with so little people. Amen. And most people get saved and they become members of the body of Christ. And some of those who get saved, they connect to a local church But in my opinion, very few rarely unlock their potential to minister to others and find their calling. In other words, in order for someone to unlock their spiritual potential, guess what? They're going to have to get a revelation of why they need a pastor in their life. So just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need a pastor in your life. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4. And I'm going to look in verse 10, Ephesians 4, verses 10. There are two ways that a church can be run. A church can be run the traditional way, or the church can be run through the Bible way. Everybody say the traditional way and the Bible way. Now, the traditional way of doing church is when the pastor does everything. He's at every meeting. He goes to every hospital visit. He does every funeral. He does every wedding. He does everything. And that's why he dies early. (laughs) But then you have the Bible way of doing church. And that's where the pastor equips and trains the people to minister. Now in Ephesians chapter 4, are you there? Look in verse 10. It says, he that descended is the same also that ascended up up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, and he, God, gave some, or Christ, gave some apostles and some what? Prophets and some what? Evangelists and some what? Pastors. You know, I'm so glad they used the word some because everybody can't be all of these. Amen. Somebody's got to be a member for all of these people to talk to. Some evangelists. And then what's the next one? 
some what? Pastors. And then it says, and teachers. Amen. Now watch the purpose. It says, for the what? Perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of ministry and for the what? Edifying of the body of Christ. I want you to notice here that there is a gifting here that was given. And those giftings are found in five different offices. And one of them are pastors. And the purpose of these fivefold giftings is to perfect the saints. I'm going to show something to you in just a minute. For the people, watch this now, the saints to do the work of what? Ministry. So it's not the pastor's job to do all the work of ministry. It's the pastor's job to equip and perfect the saints to do the work of ministry. And that's why if you're not involved in any way in a church, you're not in position to be perfected. Amen. Now, uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 34, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to read it. It says, And Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The word shepherd there in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, is the same Greek word for the word pastor that we just read over there in the book of Ephesians. Now, this is this was interesting to me. That Greek word for the word pastor or shepherd that we just read, it appears 18 times in the New Testament, but it only comes up one time as the word pastor. So when you see the word shepherd in the New Testament, it's referring to as pastor. Amen. Now, the word perfecting there means to completely furnish. So what he was saying is the job of a pastor is to equip the saints, to perfect them, equip them for the work of ministry. The word perfect means to fully furnish. So as you are a saint being completely furnished through service to minister to people, the pastor's role is to make sure you are trained to do that. Amen. Now go over to Exodus chapter 18. Go to Exodus 18. I told you to turn there earlier. Exodus 18. Let me show you an Old Testament uh, reference or structure of really how a pastor should do his job. Now, let me just say this. I'm saying job, but this is really a call. I didn't wake up one day and just decide, you know what, I'm going to be a pastor. I mean, you can do that, but that many are called, but few are chosen. A lot of them went, but very few are sent. Everybody that's pastoring is not a pastor, y'all. Amen. I hate to say that, but there are imposters. You know, I remember growing up, uh, my cousin, uh, and I won't reveal who he is, even though he goes to this church. <laughs> Years ago, we weren't even saved. He came to me one time and said, because we need to start a church so we can just make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, he said that. His name is Big Sid, by the way. I just want to know. <laughs> He's saved now, filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? 
in Exodus 18, look at verse 13. It says, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses, watch this, from morning until what? Now see, those are hours of a traditional pastor's job, morning to evening. Don't even have time for your family. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that you're doing to the people? He says, why are you sitting by yourself and all the people are standing by you from morning until evening? So not only was it wearing Moses out, can you imagine standing in a grocery store line all day? So you can imagine there was some grumbling and some mumbling going on right you know, what's your problem? Well, you my problem. <laughs> so they're in line waiting on Moses, verse 15. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people have come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a matter, they come to me, and I judge between uh, uh, one and another. And I do make them know the statutes and the laws of God. I make them know the statutes and the laws of God. That's going to be key in a minute. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, Watch this now. The thing that you do is not good. You will surely wear away both you and who else? And the people that are with you. It's stressful when just the pastor is doing everything. It's going to stress the pastor out and it's going to stress the people out. Amen. He says, for this thing is too heavy for you, for you are not able to perform it by yourself alone. He says, listen now to my voice and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. For, watch this, be thou for the people... To Godward, that watch this, that you may bring the causes under God. That's going to be important in just a minute. And you shall teach them ordinances and laws, and you will show them the way they should walk and the work that they must do. That's important too. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men. Everybody say able men. Now watch the criteria for these able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, uh, and place such over them to be rulers over thousands, rulers over hundreds, rulers over fifties, and rulers of tens. And then let them judge the people at all the seasons, and it shall be that every great matter that shall that they shall bring it to you. In other words, if it's a big issue, they bring it to you, but every small matter they shall judge, so it shall be easier for yourself and they will be able to bear the burden with you, verse 23. And you shall do this thing, and God commanded thee so. Then shall you be able to endure. Everybody say endure. endure. You'll be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. Can you say amen? So I'm going to give you three things that's the primary role and responsibility of a pastor. Here's the first one, and that is to pray. Now, I want you to go back up to verse 19. He says, hearken to my voice. I'm reading this out of a, a different version. It says, now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You be, watch this now, the people's representative before God and you bring the disputes to God. In other words, he's saying, I need you to make sure you're interceding for the people you're overseeing. One of the primary roles as, as a pastor of this church is for me to make sure I carve out time in my day to spend time with God so I can make sure, watch this, whatever needs you have, that I'm presenting those to God. 
And you know, unfortunately, a lot of pastors don't have the time. I shouldn't say, well, they don't have the time to do that because they're doing other stuff that other people should be doing. Amen. He said, I want you to represent the people before God. Now, Hebrews 13, 17, just write it down. It says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. In other words, one of my primary things is to pray and watch over your soul in prayer. And I want you all to have confidence that if ain't nobody else praying for you, pastor's praying for you. Now, we know that Jesus is always praying for us. He's seating on the right hand of God. He's interceding for us all the time. So even if I'm not, he is. But because you all are such a great church, you all have allowed me to carve time in my day to be able to pray. And you know what? Everybody say prayer is important. Prayer is important because there are times in my life and in our church's life that without prayer, we may not have been able to go forward. Do you know that I received my call as a pastor through prayer? I was praying one day, minding my own business, giving God my checklist. I did not ask him, did he want me to be a pastor or a preacher? I didn't ask him that. But for some reason, through that time of prayer and fellowship with God, because prayer is a two-way street, I'm communing with him, he's communing with me, and he speaks to me and he says, I want you to preach my word. Well, how many know that it's best to obey God? Amen. I received my call through prayer. Watch this. It was doing prayer... I remember one of our first intercessory meetings, when we first started our church, we used to have everything at our house. Prayer was at our house. The office was at our house. Praise and worship was at our house. Y'all remember that praise and worship? Shayla and Edmund, y'all, y'all playing the drums in the house. And I mean, everything was at the house. Counseling was at the house. True group training was at the house. Everything was at the house. Well, I'll never forget doing intercessory prayer one time. Prayer was almost over. And the Spirit of God gives me a word for somebody that was at prayer. They had been trying to have a baby for the last two to three years and nothing was working. And the Spirit of God told me to tell them, tell them they're not just going to have a baby, but they're going to, watch this, conceive and have the baby in the same year. Now, boy, you better be good to say that. Because you only have a small span of time to be able to do that. It still takes nine months to have a baby, right? Right, so this was January. Well, lo and behold, the person got pregnant, but the due date was in January. Watch this, though. The baby decided that she was going to obey the prophetic word of the Lord and decided to come early and was born in December. Everybody say that was through prayer. The, the way we got to Seguin High School was through prayer. I'm praying one day and God shows me a vision of this auditorium. I didn't even know this school existed. Had never come on this side of Eden. I always went the opposite direction. I didn't come this way because I knew it was a dead end. But somehow through prayer, God gives me a vision. This is where I want you all to hold Word of Truth Family Church. And you know what? Even though I received four no's at the beginning... Man's no doesn't count when God has said yes. 
Amen. Just recently through prayer when God gave me a number of what he wanted us to pay cash for our bill, for that land. I mean, he was very specific. $325,000. That's what I want you to pay. And I, I went back uh, last week and looked at the, the number that we started negotiating. And it was $430,000. We, watch this. God's number saved us $105,000. But that only comes through prayer. Everybody say prayer. Then the second thing that I'm supposed to do as a pastor, looks like I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to talk fast as a pastor, is to preach. I'm supposed to pray, I'm supposed to preach, and I'm going to add preach and teach. Let's look in verse 20. He says in in Exodus 18, verse 20, and you shall do what, class? Come on, class. Come on, class. He said, Moses, I want you to teach them ordinances and laws and while you're teaching them I want you to teach them and show them the way that they must walk and show them the work that they must do in other words one of my responsibilities is to teach you and preach to you the word of God because you know what the, uh, in First Peter it says as newborn babes desire the, the, the milk of the word that you may grow so in order for you to grow as a believer I must teach you the word of God amen go over to Jeremiah 23 keep your hand over in Exodus we're going to come back go to Jeremiah 23 real quick Jeremiah 23 Jeremiah 23 let me, let me just share something with you uh, because I have found that uh, in this day and age, because we live in an information age, people feel that, well, I can read on my own, I can study on my own, I can pray on my own. I don't need a church and I don't need a pastor. I don't need that. I can do it on my own. But see, that's not the way God designed it. Amen. In Jeremiah 23, look at verse 4. He says, and I will set up shepherds. What's the next word? Come on, class. What is it? He says, I will set up shepherds over them. In other words, your pastor and you are not equal. Okay, let me say it like this then. Anytime you equalize you with your pastor and you put them on your level spiritually, then the anointing that's on that head does not flow down to you. The anointing does not flow laterally. It flows vertically. Did y'all get that? So if you equalize, well, I know that, well, I know that. Well, that's your problem right now. Amen. He says, I will set up shepherds over them, which shall do what? Feed them. What are you feeding them? The word. Feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be what? Lacking. See, there are some things that I know that can keep you from lacking if you'll just listen. Amen. First Timothy. Go to First Timothy. I wasn't going to go there, but I want to sh- just share this one because uh, I thought this was real good. Go to First Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3. Let me just give you a, a New Testament uh, reference of what a pastor's role and responsibility should be. First Timothy chapter 3. Because, you know... Th- th- this I, I know we have new school and old school, but see, the Bible don't change. 
I mean, the Bible still says, spoil, spare the raw, spoil your child. It still says you need to whoop. I know they got time out, in out, my out, and your out, but at the end of the day, somebody got to take a belt out. Amen. First Timothy chapter 3, look at verse 2. I think that's what I want. It says, a bishop then, or the word bishop just means overseer, must be blameless. The husband of how many? How many? One wife. I have one wife. That's all I can afford. One wife, vigilant. What's the next word? Sober. Sober means what? Here's the next one. Of good behavior given to hospitality. Here's the next one because here's my point. Apt to what? Apt to teach. I love verse 3. Not given the wine. Now, you know, here's my thing. You can drink if you want to drink. My, my criteria is I cannot be given the wine. So I'm going to say this up front. I don't drink. I don't drink in private. I don't drink publicly. If you want to do that, then just do it, you know, the way you do it. But I'm not licensing you to do it. I'm just saying if that's what you do, you know, if you, can, if you and God are all right with it, then just make sure you don't come to, come to church, you know, smelling like, a, a, you know. I remember we was baptizing somebody one time. <laughs> No, this is, this is a true story, true story, you know. And uh, this person got in the baptismal pool, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you'd have thought we baptized them in liquor. I mean, they were lit. They were lit. I was wondering if they really knew what was going on. I, I, was, I was hoping that they understood me to tell them to hold your breath because, man, they was like, they was at Mars. I was happy to baptize them because I was like, somebody need baptism. <laughs> That's not right, is it? <laughs> not given the wine, nor striker, not greedy or filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. One, watch this now, who rules well his own house. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man knows not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the house of God? How can I tell you what to do and I ain't got it together? Amen. Not a novice, lest he be lifted up with pride. Look, if I would have let some people preach, boy, they walk out of here, their head be so big, they blow up. Amen. Second Timothy 2.24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. In other words, what I'm saying is one of my primary roles is to teach. And that's why I don't do hooping. And, and you know what? I'm not criticizing people who do hoop. But at the end of the day, I need you to leave here with some understanding. And, and can I tell you something that, that I'm not being arrogant about? But God will show me stuff, stuff in this Bible you ain't never seen in your life. 
you'll be like, wow, how did he get that? How did he get that? Then that's why you need a Bible. That's why you need a pastor. Amen. And see, here's the thing. Some believers have stopped growing because in reality, they've stopped eating. Oh, I know what you've done. See, some of you all have substituted the pastor for a CD. Amen. Can you imagine a woman with the issue of blood touching the edge of a CD? And getting healed? No, no, no. What did she touch? She touched his garment because she was physically in front of him. And when you're serving in ministry, do not get caught up until... Listen, you always have to sit down and hear the word, not just on a CD, but you got to hear it in person. Amen. Here's the last one because I'm running. I'm out of time. Here's the last thing. The first one was to pray. What was number two? Preach and teach. Here's number three. Number three is the pastor. And when I say pastor, that means I need to raise up leaders and servants. Amen. Now go back to Exodus 18 as we close. I thought for a day. I'm just going to quickly do this. Exodus 18, 21, because I have a new membership class this morning. It says, moreover, I'm in uh, verse 21 in Exodus 18. Thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetous, and place over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And then let them judge. In other words, it was Moses' responsibility to raise up leadership and to raise up servants to help serve the people. Amen. I'll never forget uh, when we were at Kenneth Davis Elementary, High, uh, Elementary School, when we first started here, uh, I used to show up every morning to set up and break down. Every morning, I'd get up, I'd go in early, I'd help set up, and then I'd go back and change clothes, and then, you know, and uh, I'll never forget, some men came to me and said, Pastor, we got this, don't worry about it. And right after that, the quality of my messages went up, because I didn't have to be distracted with other stuff. Now, does that mean that other stuff is bad? No. You know, in fact, if you, if you read the New Testament, go to, uh, go to Acts chapter 6. Go to Acts 6. We'll close with this verse right here. Acts chapter 6. Acts 6. Uh, it's not about whose job is the most important. It's about everybody doing something. Now, I'm going to show you this, this pray, this teach, and this, this raise up leadership. I'm going to show you here in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, And in those days the number of disciples were multiplied, and there was a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected from their daily ministration. Verse 2, Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave what class? Leave the word. And then do what? To serve tables. He says, look out among you, seven men of honor's report, full of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who you may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves what? Continually to what? Prayer and what? Ministry of the word. It is very important that the pastor raises up leadership. And people within the church. So I'll say this to y'all. I'm going to stop because I'm, I'm out of time. Let me just give you all the five levels of leadership in our church. 
Okay. I recently changed this at the beginning of this year. Uh, or was it the latter of last year? Which one was it? The beginning of this year. Uh, I changed the structure of our leadership. And so uh, I want to give it to you. So if you're a member here, this is how it works. At the top of the leadership structure is, and they all start with D, is decision-making leadership. Decision-making leadership. And those are my executive pastors and my executive assistants. Uh, that's me, my wife, who's, of course, the assistant pastor here. You have associate pastor, Pastor Che. You have Lisa Fuller and me. That's the uh, decision-making leadership. All that administrative decision-making stuff, we do that from within. That's that. Then number two, you have direct leadership. And that's my staff. Anybody that's on full-time staff, they are part of the direct leadership. And their primary role is to make sure that whatever's voiced as far as the vision is concerned is that they carry it out not only in their daily duties, but they oversee the people to make sure it's carried out as well. They oversee the, uh, departments and, and uh, volunteers and then uh, or, or servants. And then the third one is departmental leadership. Departmental leadership are people who have a responsibility to oversee departments in our, in our church. So if you, over, you may be uh, over Sunrise Cafe or you may be over the bookstore like Tammy Dormo. She's over the bookstore. She's a department head. You may be the department head over True Kids. Those are people who oversee departments. And then the fourth one is delegated leadership and those are people who have been given responsibilities by the departmental leadership so you may be a lead in true kids you're not over true kids but you just may be a lead within true kids those are people who have been given delegated responsibilities and then you have number five the dream team and the dream team is everyone who serves in ministry now here's the question that i have and i'm closing i promise you here's here's the thing just last month, we had over 172 people to make commitments to Jesus Christ in some way. Come on, the Lord is worthy of a hand clap right there. 172 people in one month to make decisions for Jesus Christ. Here's the question. Did you play a role in that taking place through your service? Or were you just spectating? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You may be here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ.